In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. They brought to him one sick of the palsy lying in a bed. Dear faithful, today's gospel passage recounts the healing of the man sick from palsy. And palsy is nothing other than paralysis, a temporary or permanent loss of the ability to move part or the whole body. Now this paralysis, dear friends, is a clear image of the vice of sloth. Sloth, properly speaking, is a grievous sin committed against God himself, and not the laziness with which we so often associate the word with. It is a sorrow regarding the means of salvation conferred on us and prescribed by God, leading us to tepidity toward divine precept, wandering towards that which is forbidden, faint-heartedness, and despair of salvation. Physical sloth or laziness is a serious vice as well. Reflecting on these sins, which seem to be so prevalent today, would do us all good. Sloth is an inordinate love of ease, a certain languor of both the soul and the body. It is a sluggishness of soul or boredom because of the exertion necessary for the performance of some good work. The good work may be a corporal task, something as simple as walking, or a mental exercise, such as writing, or a spiritual duty, such as prayer. Implicit in sloth is the unwillingness to exert oneself in the performance of duty because of the sacrifice and the effort required. This quality, or rather the lack thereof, is most dangerous to our salvation, for God asks each of us to cultivate a life of virtue. Yet, all virtue implies and requires effort. It is only by the persevering repetition of good works, the works proper to whatever virtue it is that we wish to practice, that they become easy and become virtue in the proper sense of the term. Sloth is the very opposite of effort, the refusal to make it. It is hence a difficult sin to overcome and is thus all the more dangerous. We can recognize sloth not just in those who follow the example of the bizarrely endearing creature of South America who slowly makes his way through the forest canopy listlessly eating his fill of leaves, or in the sluggish, perhaps overweight youth who does nothing to better himself, preferring to stay glued to the sofa playing video games in his mother's basement and will likely stay in this sorry starry state for the rest of his life. Sloth can also be discerned in the indifferent, those with an easygoing personality preferring to be irrationally undisturbed by the difficulties that come their way. We can see sloth in those who lack perseverance, those who begin many things and take on many endeavors but persevere in none. I think particularly of all of those souls who, certainly inspired by goodwill, take on all sorts of spiritual practices and mortifications on Ash Wednesday, and by the first Sunday of Lent are already leading the lives of neo-pagans. Sloth is seen in the dissipated, 
who waste their time on frivolities like social media and the internet, or on work that is useless and inutile, while shirking the duties of their state in life. They may seek the ease and comfort of the paralytic being carried about on his cot and ministered to by his friends. They may procrastinate on everything, on projects, on their work, perhaps habitually showing up late to Holy Mass or to their jobs. They may further neglect the duties of their state as a wife or a husband in useless visits with others, escaping reality through reading the internet, television, sport, or some other pastime that may be legitimate in and of itself, yet interferes with the duties of their vocation and the call to holiness. Sloth is seen in the loquacious, those who talk far too much. St. Paul criticizes such as these in his epistle to St. Timothy. The apostle writes, And with all being idle, they learn to go about from house to house. And they are not only idle, but tattlers also, and busybodies, speaking things which they ought not. This is a very feminine vice, but not exclusive to women. To waste time in unnecessary exchanges in person, on the phone, or by other means of communication. More often than not, these conversations devolve into an exterior expression of the evil thoughts within your hearts that our Lord discerned in the unbelieving Pharisees who witnessed the miracle in the days of gospel. And many of us are guilty as well. These evil thoughts in our hearts that are expressed in words can be numbered as envy, unforgiveness, harboring grudges, slander, detraction, gossip, and the list goes on and on. Sloth is considered to be one of the seven capital sins because it leads very easily to others, as we have seen. Idleness has taught much evil, wisdom says. It inclines us to an aversion to duty because of the effort our duties imply. It leads us to be inconstant and tepid in our spiritual lives and then becomes sloth in the true sense of the word. The Almighty himself has told us how detestable this vice is to him in the book of the Apocalypse. But because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you from my mouth. Physical and spiritual sloth open the door to a plethora of other vices, particularly sins of impurity and despair, leading to the loss of time and merit here below and any chance at glory in the life to come. Each one of us, being the poor children of Adam and Eve, are more or less infected with this heinous vice, or at least the inclination to it. Let us all resolve, then, to strengthen the love of God within our hearts. It is true that we are weak and frail, so let us seek God's own strength and courage in prayer and the sacraments. Fail not in prayer and pious works, but persevere. Be inspired by the lives of the saints and strive to imitate their example, remembering that we must give an account for every moment of our lives at the time of our passing from this world. Have your eyes set on the reward that God has promised to his faithful ones for their effort 
and a firm hope in the fact that God provides us the means to lead us there. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.